Welcome to the special edition of the Indie Matters podcast. I'm Daniel Rothberg, a reporter for the Nevada Independent, and I'm joined by Joey Lovato, our multimedia editor. Today, we'll be interviewing Jeff Burns, the CEO of Blockchains LLC, a technology company that is asking lawmakers to create innovation zones, areas where private businesses could assume the powers of a local county government. Blockchains, which controls about 67,000 acres of land outside of Reno and recently purchased water rights, has said it wants to build a new city along the Truckee River that would incubate blockchain technology and develop a new stablecoin, a class of cryptocurrency that is backed by a reserve asset. But there are many questions about how the company would build this smart city of about 36,000 residents when fully built out and what oversight the project would have. To some, the idea sounds like a company town where conflicts abound, but others, including Governor Steve Sisolak, have backed the Innovation Zone concept and view the idea as a way to encourage economic development. Nevada Independent is a nonprofit, reader-supported news outlet. Our journalism relies on reader support and funding. We are committed to transparency and disclosing all our donors. Jeff Burns and Blockchains are both substantial donors to the Nevada Independent, our donors do not have any control over our content, and Burns is not aware of any questions we're asking today. Um, uh, if you are watching this and want to support the Indie, as I mentioned, we're uh, reader-supported, and you can donate on our website. Without any further ado, I'm going to pass this along to Joey to, to start asking some questions. All right. Well, I just want to say, first off, thank you, Jeff, for, for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And so I guess we'll just kind of hop back right into this, which is just, you know, you know, how did this whole thing come to be um, did, with, with blockchains and then also coming to the governor? You know, did you propose this innovation zone idea to to the governor? Um, you know, where, where, where do we start with this? So uh, I'll start with um, with with Daniel's uh, pre-recorded or, or uh, his message at the beginning. I, I, I think the premise is flawed in that we, we're not proposing an innovation zone legislation that, that we take over governance. Um, so I'll get to that when you want me to, but the history of this is that, that I'm a consumer protection attorney. That, that, that's, that's what I did. I, I believe in fighting for the person, not the company. Uh, and I did a lot of class action work and uh, mostly against financial institutions. And I, I sued about 67 banks right before the banking crisis happened for the, a particularly bad loan they were giving people. It was a negative AM loan. And anyway, fast forward, it took years and years and years of litigation. But we were at a settlement conference in 2011 and uh, the judge was very complimentary to, to, to both sides for couching a, a way to rewrite people's loans and keep people in their houses. And all I could think of was that they stole $10 billion and the settlement was worth 2 billion. Uh, and so, so I, I don't have feeling just, just, I couldn't get over that feeling. And, and uh, along that, so I was already frustrated. I felt like I really wasn't, making a big difference. And along, you know, that same period of time, I, I would always give my kids empowerment speeches when I would tuck them in and I, my daughter who was about three years old, I was giving her her little speech about any one person can make a difference. We can all change the world. And she opened her eyes and, and she said, how have you changed the world? And this was when I was in this 
deep soul searching, feeling like I've done nothing of value period of time in my life. And so it was a moment in time that for me, I get emotional about, but it was a moment in time where everything changed. That was, that was the beginning of my search for a different way of doing things. I felt like the system was set up in such a way that, yeah, that you cannot fix this through legislation. You, you cannot change the way we're going because the people at the top, the in the institutions at the top, they want to stay there and they want to maintain there. So, so for me, I was, I just felt like law wasn't going to be it anymore. I discovered Bitcoin. I read the paper on it. I didn't buy Bitcoin because I, to me, it sounded kind of like, you know, fantasy money. Uh, I started to follow it for a couple of years. Then, then the Ethereum white paper came out and that's when my head exploded because for me, everything is about identity. It, we get our identities in the real world from the government with our social security number, from our parents with our name, the government, our parents weren't able to do that for us in the virtual world. So who filled that gap? Corporations. And they give us our identities with our email addresses and our logins and all of the information associated with that now belongs to them. And as this world becomes digitized, owning your own identity makes the difference. So that was the moment in time where this all, this, this all started to fit for me. I started to understand the power of what we could actually do so, with so a universal ID. You started so then so then at that point you started blockchains. <laughs> okay. It was actually called it was actually called Burns Inc. at the time. Okay. Uh, not blockchains. But yes, it was at that time that I convinced my law partner to to give up law and start working on this. And that was and that was in 2014. I think yeah, it was uh, I, I can't remember if it was 2014 or 2013. Yeah, somewhere in there, but okay. somewhere yeah, around 2014. A couple of years ago, sure. Yeah. So you did have this roundtable with the governor, though, right? So, I mean, you are working with the government now. Oh, me. I'm sorry. I, I didn't get to your question. I'm so sorry. That's okay. uh, so, so um, the governor, uh, I, it's a long story, but we have wild horses on our land, right? And those wild horses, we have a responsibility to them. And there was an issue with overpopulation of wild horses. So a couple of years ago, right after our governor was elected, I got my way in to see him and talk to him about the wild horses. And we have developed a friendship since when COVID hit, he had created this committee to deal with PPE, to deal with those kinds of things. And when he asked me to be on the committee, I said, I'm of no use to you on that committee. I let me work on a concept that I think might be something that will drive additional revenue in the state. Because when we come out of this, that's going to be the focus. And so, yes, we started working on it. And around Labor Day, I presented it to him. And, and, and then he made the decision of whether or not it was something that he felt had, you know, was worthy of his stamp of approval. Had you met the governor before um, the Wild Horse meeting? Yes, I had met him uh, when I first moved into the state. You know, we had bought, you know, we spent $200 million and nobody knew who we were. Uh, and it was right in the middle of the election. So I met uh, Chris G. I met the governor and I met Adam Laxalt. So we met all three of them. Uh, okay. Yeah. As part so of the campaign. What, Sorry, what, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay. Oh, no, you're it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I'm curious, you know, what is, uh, what, what is your vision for this, for this uh, thing? And you try to keep it a little concise here, but just, you know, you, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a, I feel like blockchain has a lot 
under its umbrella, right? It so does. specifically with the with the uh, painted rock city, right? What, what's your vision here with that and the innovation zone? Yeah, so it isn't called Painted Rock City. That was in one things that Jeremy had put in because we didn't have any control over his report. Uh, but it, it's just uh, innovation smart city. So the innovation zone. Uh, my vision for this is a place where people can come to create. So it, in, in innovating new ideas, you are failing. That, that's just the nature of innovation. We have failed probably 50 times already and on, on what we're trying to develop. And that's, so I want to create a place where that's okay. So the idea of Innovation Park was for people, for entities and people who have these great ideas and, and, and potential who want to come and be part of developing a brand new community that, that's going to be a place where people are part of developing new ideas, where people are part of testing new things. In other words, a place where people, it's a living sandbox. It's a living place where people can work and play and test new ideas. And companies have a readily available community that can access their technology and see if it's something they want. So, so that was the idea was create this technology park to, to, to incubate these different ideas, like using blockchain as the foundation for transparency, for payment, for all the things, the ministerial things that companies don't trust each other with, and then create this place where people can live, work, play, vote, do everything they do in their normal communities, but testing out all of these new technologies. Okay. And so, you and know, Joey, is a, that is about as concise as I am able to be. I, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort. I think, I think you did a, an admirable job, but so, you know, this is under the blockchain LLC company. Um, can you explain to me, you know, what the company does? How do you make money? Yeah. So we have not made any money and we have not actually figured out uh, where, where we will extract uh, fees uh, my feeling is the minute, <clears throat> and, and we have finance people in the company who, we, you know, they've turned gray because of me. Uh, the minute we take other people's money or the minute we start thinking about how we're going to make money, th that's where you start moving the line on, on what you're trying to accomplish. So I'm fortunate. I, I've, I've funded the business to this date. I will continue to do so until we're ready to start building out the park, but we're developing technology that allows you to control your identity in a self-sovereign way. Right? So, so your identity is yours. Everything associated with it is yours. And we want to build products that allow you to benefit from that, that allow you to control that. And, for instance, having, you know, an energy grid where energy is freely traded and you're using a stable coin, there may, there might be a microtransaction fee every time that stable coin moves, you know, so we're, we're taxing the velocity of money. It's, it's a way to test out all of these things that nobody has been able to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, um, right now, blockchain sort of has a lot of control over the vision and idea. Are, are you looking at bringing in other investors, other, um, other people who might be able to kind of, you know, help, help sort of move the business forward? Yes, I, it, clearly this is, I have a vision, but my vision is more about a, 
democratizing democracy, creating a place where creativity uh, allows for failure, creating a place where different companies with different interests can use blockchain as a foundation to provide for trust. Uh, that, that's what the whole vision is. Uh, so I actually lo lost the question. And off on a tangent. What, <laughs> well, what was it? Uh, my question was if, if other investors are coming oh, in, I yeah, guess, so I guess the question really is, you know, you know, how do you get to a point of long-term sustainability? This is sort of a, the smart city development is a long-term 70 yeah. year, has a 70 year horizon. So how do you get to that point of sustainability with your company's business model right now? Right. So our products are going to be released uh, next year and we will at that point be testing out different things, but we wouldn't be building out the smart city first. We would be building out the, the reimagine and dream park, the R and D park, and, okay. and okay. that is going to have companies coming in who want to be part of this process, who want to give us ideas, who want to create. That's going to generate revenue as, for, for, you know, working together with them. Once we build the city out, the, the city at that point is no different than any other city. They collect taxes, they pay their people, they vote, they, they, they do everything they would in a county now in Nevada, except... The difference is we're creating a place where maybe the infrastructure that government depends upon is new, is different. And you can't do that without changing the current infrastructure. And most of the, like Story County and most of the counties, why, why are they going to change their infrastructure for something like this? So that's why we need to create this bubble and let people come in. And there's going to be a lot a lot smarter people than me on things like governance. Like I'm a firm believer that this technology may offer benefits like direct democracy instead of representative government or, 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 or you know, if, if, if we have the kind of powers we're talking about, you build the smart city knowing that everyone's going to start with a livable wage as opposed to trying to get something passed where, where people aren't willing to do that yet. It's, it gives us the ability to start from scratch and, and, and have new people come in with new ideas. I, I don't anticipate that I would be the one leading this endeavor 10 years from now. So I, you know, I, um, I, I want to get into what, you know, why we're here, which is the legislature legislative session, the innovation zone proposal. And, and you touched on some of those things. You know, when I think of, when I think of infrastructure, I think of, pipelines. I think of water. I think right. of natural gas. I think of electricity. I think of roads. I think of sidewalks. I think of culverts. I, you know, it's, it's a very physical engineering exercise to me. What makes your company more, I mean, what, what would be the, what would be the new development in infrastructure that you're contemplating at this, uh, at first the, you know, R and D park, and then eventually at, at the city. So that, I think it's two different things though, right? I think the infrastructure you're talking about is what 99% of, of us think of it, uh, infrastructure as. And, and if you, if you just took infrastructure, if you just took streets and roadways and, and, and lights and reporting devices right now, what happens is we stick smart devices on dumb infrastructure and that, that moves the ball slightly. But if you redesigned infrastructure so it was smart from the, from the ground up, you are going to get benefits 
on the infrastructure itself. But when, but what I was alluding to was a little bit more about the infrastructure of how government works, the ministerial things that government does. The, that kind of infrastructure also needs to change. How, it isn't just the device. It isn't just the infrastructure we use to get things done. It's the way in which we do the things that need to be changed. That, so it's both of those things. So I want to, so, so I want to actually ask about that because um, and, and you can correct my intro. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity in this question to correct my intro. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea in the bill draft is that local governments are not set up for the kind of new innovative technology that you're contemplating. There's a need for a new governmental structure. Um, and, and that's sort of what's being proposed to the legislature. Um, you know, why can't the company build, you know, su succeed in building out its vision in the confines of uh, existing local county, local government, and particularly in Story County? Because Story County, you know, prides itself uh, on a reputation for getting things done for businesses, for developers, for having a very fast permitting process for, you know, if you can't build it in Story County, you know, some people <laughs> say, where can you build it? So, yeah. um, so I I'm just wondering if you can maybe expand on why this is, why this yeah. legislation is necessary. Why can't it be done in Story County and within the confines of existing local government? Well, I'll start by saying I, I've been in Story County now, what, uh, three and a half, four years. I, I love the people in Story County. This is not, this is not uh, a reflection on Story County. This is a reflection on the current state of where we are as a society. It wouldn't matter to me which county. So, so, but we'll use Story County as an example right now because we're in Story County. Story County has 5,000 uh, residents, voters right now. We're, we're talking about building uh, um, uh, homes to house 30 to 35,000 potential voters. So their voter profile they will go from, from having 5,000 to having 30,000. And, and they now have what? I don't even know what that percentage is, 15% or so of the vote at that point. And, and so we are forcing a change on them, on who their leadership is, on how their government runs, on how everything is structured. Uh, and they indicated two years, they had no interest in letting us do that. When we met with them two years ago, that they had no interest in that. Um, the max amount of houses that they would authorize would be 3,500 houses, which effectively means you cannot build what we're doing because you need to have that many residents to, to make this work. Uh, so, so let's talk about something we'd like to try, sales tax. This new technology that we're talking about would allow everybody in the innovation zone to have sales tax paid in real time to, to the county. So, so as a transaction's occurring, that micro fee is taken out and paid instantly. To be able to do that, they would have to change their infrastructure, how they run as a county that, to be able to allow for that. And they're not interested in doing that right now. This is for people that, that they don't even represent yet because they don't live there. This is vacant land. Uh, or, or I mentioned you, I'm very much in favor of mandating a livable wage in this entire innovation zone and, and trying it from scratch. So companies can't make the argument, we can't afford it. They know coming in, this is, this is what they have to do 
to, to be part of the innovation zone. That would not pass in a, in a county up, up here because of the effects it would have on, on their stores and their residents. And like I said, I'm a firm believer that we could eliminate middlemen, meaning politicians from a lot of things, it, it, like ministerial things using this technology and have some direct democracy. Maybe, maybe for non-discretionary spending, you test out direct democracy where people can vote on spending on how money is going to be spent without middle people deciding, how, oh, we're going to carve this out or not. All of those kinds of things are things we cannot do in an existing governmental structure that represents other people. So, so Nevada is a state that principally uh, gives all of the power to the state government. The county governments get their power from the state. All we're saying is, listen, we don't want to affect the county. We don't want to hurt them. Or we've tried to figure out every possible way to make this good. It, the taxes they're getting from us never change. It doesn't affect, affect the C-tax formula. And the counties that are impacted by us even get a little bit of a, a, a VIG on their C-tax uh, because of the impact. We're saying we don't want to affect you negatively. We want to create a place where we can try all of these things. And the people who live, work, and play here, they will take control of it. In the meantime, for supervision state, we're going to give you the list of five subject matter experts and you select two of them and pick a third on your own. And those are the supervisors until we get a hundred residents. And once there's a hundred residents, now it's, there's elections and everything else. So I want to, uh, yeah. So, you know, from, from one perspective and, you know, I cover a lot of development. I talk to a lot of developers who are often frustrated with, a county's decision on zoning or a decision on how their their land is entitled, how they can use their land. I mean, from one perspective, I think to some people it looks like Story County said no. They they you know as a sovereign entity said no. We don't we this is not the type of development we want. And and I think to some it looks like now you're saying well we'll just create our own local government structure. I mean, is that a fair interpretation of what what is happening? You know, I, I think in a way, yes, uh, but the second part, no. Um, so, so I have this idea of what I would like to build. We went and we hired the best people in Nevada to do an economic impact analysis on what it would mean to the what, state. What firm was that? Who, who was that? Uh, applied analysis, uh, Jeremy Aguero. Okay. Um, so, and, and Guy Hobbs, we, hi, like we hired the people that were the best people we were told to say, if we accomplish this, what would it mean to the state? And, you know, we went to the county two years ago. They said no. Now we're saying to the state, look, the county doesn't really want us to do this. This is, this is the impact on our whole state of what we're attempting to do. Yes, there are hundreds of things that can go wrong, but if it goes right, think of what it could mean for the state. And we think this decision should not be being made by just the county because of the impact it has on the state. So I, in one way, I think it's, a, it's fair. And in another way, I, I'm, not, I'm being pretty transparent. We did go to the county. They said no. I think this has ramifications for our home state. And let the state decide. If the legislature says no, you know, we, we tried our hardest. So that's, I mean, that's how I feel. You've got, you're still going to exist within the county I mean, like, or if you're surrounded by the county, so say this goes through, right? You're still going to be surrounded by the county. They've said, no, you want the state to say yes. I mean, 
it's a bit of an adversarial relationship than you have with this county that's surrounding you, right? That, that you kind of had to go around them, no? Well, well, yeah, but I think <laughs> Northern Nevada is notorious for counties not liking each other. Uh, so so uh, I, I'm not sure that would be the case. And hopefully, honestly, I, I believe that we will figure this out with Story County. I think this, this really, if, if we can get past the initial, oh my God, what are you trying to do to talk about things? We are trying to create a bubble that benefits the county without any risk or harm to the county. Yes, we're pulling land out of it, but that land is, it, whatever revenue it's producing for the county right now, will continue to produce that for the county. So I'm hoping that we will get to a place where everyone goes, hey, let's, let's try this and let's figure it out. So I, I want to ask about the wow reaction and, and your thoughts on it. Um, I know that uh, Stephen Colbert did a segment last week or this week. Was it this week or last week? I, uh, I think it was last I, week. I can't, yeah. I can't keep track of the days. But um, <laughs> Stephen Colbert did a segment on this. And I think he, you know, the gist was, well, we've had feudalism before a company control, you know, uh, private interest controlling um, government, um, you know, that this was sort of suggested this was a company town. Um, what, what is your reaction to, to that? First of all, I, I, I love Colbert. So uh, uh, my reaction is, you know, he's playing off of a headline that says, you know, big tech is trying to run its own government. But, but that it, when you stop and you think about it, blockchain, it is the most anti-big tech thing there is, right? It's using technology to take away the power from the tech companies. So that, that it just, the, the narrative out there isn't the narrative that should exist with the legislation. As soon as the bill comes out and the governor get, you know, gets out there and the, all of those kinds of things, I think that narrative will change. This isn't a company town. We already own the land. I, we already could build the city. There, there's nobody living there. Once there are people living there, they take control. In the meantime, the oversight is on the, from the state instead of the county because the county has to worry about their residents. So my response is I just need people to understand we don't want to run a government uh, we, that's not the goal here. It's not a company town. We're, we're building a city much like any other developer would, would build a, a mixed use community. But what we're asking for is we're asking for us to allow us to do the kinds of things that maybe a county wouldn't have the money or, or the desire to do. Uh, that's all. Well, but I, I do want to be clear. Are you, are you saying that you, you're not you, 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 you don't want to be creating a new government. You, you know, I, I guess where, where does the line because, yeah. because it's, yeah, we don't want to create a government. All we're doing is saying, please replace the three County supervisors that oversee us because they're responsible to the voters with three people that the state will to oversee the development. One, once there's voters there, once we hit the number hundred, which isn't a lot when you're talking about trying to get to 30,000, there's elections. They now elect their three commissioners. It, 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 we're still bound by all the same laws. There's, it's, it's still state law is what governs most everything. It's just removing us from local jurisdiction. I think it's hard for people sometimes to maybe wrap their head around because it is a company proposing this to the legislature. It is a company that it would be applying for the innovation zone, proving that they have water, proving that they have infrastructure. So I guess, you know, it, it, do you, do you feel like that, you know, 
I mean, is it accurate to say that the company will have control over, you know, how this is developed, how this innovation zone and local government, you know, grows? Uh, I think it's fair to say that the company would have control over how the the land is developed, much like any other company would have control over how the land's developed. Um, as far as zoning and all that, that would probably likely be go up to the three supervisors as opposed to the Story County uh, commissioners. But as far as the government part of it, what I'm saying is that if you build it differently, when people elect their representatives, the, the way in which they elect the representatives may be different. For instance, I, I really believe that we could create a, a, a blockchain based voting system that would be foolproof, that that would be verifiable a hundred years from now that anybody could verify at any time uh, that, that you could have so many different kinds of security measures. You could, you could actually with, with, with the technology we're talking about, you could have somebody vote, verify them biometrically and have their light verify that they voted from within their house. Those are the kinds of things that, that need to be tested, but where on the planet can we try these kinds of things? Who is going to say yes, except if you design a place to try these, play, these things out? They're, they're, politicians and civil servants are risk adverse. That's the nature of the job, right? They, <laughs> I'll ask one more question, then I'll let Joey, because I know he's dying to chime in here. But um, I mean, the, the law makes a distinction between private and public in many different areas for, for good reason. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess my question is, you know, when blockchains is going to be building stuff or when blockchains is going to be building out this development under the, under the auspices of this innovation zone, you know, where is the line between public and private? You know, when, when you're building a new infrastructure, is that going to be a public works project or is that going to be a private project? You know, yeah. How, and dedicated. How, how is that going to work? Like, where is the line between public and private in this? Well, in this? all of the land is privately owned. So, so there is no public land. Uh, how, I, how we are going to handle the smart city and the land within the smart city, I'm not prepared to actually uh, disclose yet. But the goal would be that the, 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 the residents and inhabitants of that city will control their land, uh, the entire city. Um, but we're not talking about changing. I'm a consumer protection attorney. I understand how bad, how bad corporations can be. Uh, I'm not talking about that. All we're saying is, can you just give us a little room, you know, move aside, give us a little room to create some things. It's going to be done transparently. There's reporting, there's, there's supervision from the state. No one is going to want to live, work and play there. If it's a company town, this isn't the, you know, hundred years ago, they can go to Tesla, you know, with literally a minute away from, from our land. So um, I think we're more just saying we need a place where politics isn't going to affect how things are done. And there isn't a place like that right now. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're talking about this place that this, this new place, I'm kind of curious who is this community for, you know, I, I also, I'm curious, you know, like how much you expect homes to cost, uh, uh, you know, what, what is, what is it going to look like? You know, I'm, I, I like video games. I like technology. Is this for me? Right. I, yes. you know, I've, 
or is this is this for my grandma who who maybe isn't as technology uh, literate? This would likely be for you. It would be for tech savvy people. It would be for for you know I would guess the twenty five to forty five crowd. It's I think it's it's people who who want to be part of this living experiment, right? Because you're coming into it knowing it's a living experiment. You're, you're going to try direct democracy and it may fail. Uh, you're going to try certain things and it's going to fail. And it, so it's, the, it's those people that want to be part of advancing the ball of how we live our lives. Will and be- I don't think it would be your grandma. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry, Grandma D. <laughs> no, sorry, Grandma. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Um, can you, you know, I, in your video uh, that you guys posted on your YouTube channel, you talked about, it, it mentioned affordable housing. You know, this, these houses would be affordable. I, I, for people like me, I think that that's a really big deal right now. Um, you know, a lot of millennials always talk about how it's difficult to own a home. Um, are these houses going to be affordable? And, and, and what are they also going to look like? You know, you talk about these yeah. smart homes, you know. So those are all really good questions. I will tell you what, what's, uh, what's my, in our DNA, my philosophy is you, you should not work full time and not be able to pay your bills and enjoy your life, right? And affordable housing is, is a key component. My goal is to make all of it affordable housing. Now, none of the, la- it'll never be sold. It'll all be just leased land. The, 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 I have this concept that I'm not ready to roll out yet, but, but basically the community is the one that benefits from everything that happens on that land. Uh, and, and so I think, yeah, I think that's a good answer. <laughs> I, I don't know what else I would say on that. No, 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 that's, that's okay. I, I also just want to like ask, you know, when you, t- when you talk about these homes, right, let's, let's say they are affordable, but they all, they also, I mean, the, the pictures that you show are super futuristic looking, like looks like star Wars or something. Uh, yeah. So, so, so it's really hard. And this is, this is what I struggle with the most, right? I have this image in my head, like I can see where we're going, but it's really hard to express that. So when we first were going to make the announcement about what we wanted to do, we met with an architect and that was their, their version of what it would look like right now. We've hired an amazing company who's master planning out uh, uh, what the smart city would look like. But but, and this is no insult to them at all. They're only going to do what they've done before. So my plan is to take whatever this is when we get it and, you know, the end of June and then spend the next year opening it up to people, ideas about what, it, how, how do you modify this? That's the goal is to, is to try to create a place where you go, what, how do you create affordable housing for everybody, but still be able to provide all these great community benefits to the people who live there? It, it's not a one person or one company thing. This needs to start to, to, to be something that's discussed openly with stakeholders and smart people coming together with their ideas until we can settle on something. So my response is don't accept any picture of anything that we've seen because that's just what we know how to do as of now. You say it's not going to be a, a one company thing, but it does sound like you are going to own the land and people are going to lease it from you. So to an extent, you know, you do have some control over what's going on. So I, I, well, if it's not just one company, then. Yeah. So, so there's, there's lots of companies that are going to become, that are going to be part of innovation park. that are going to be part of developing the smart city, but, uh, 
I think I can't, I can't, I have to figure out how I can say this. The goal of the smart city is not for blockchains to have control over any of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The goal is to show how this technology could allow the community to have control. And I can just give you an example. The way things are done right now, somebody buys land, somebody builds the land, somebody, you know, builds something on top of the land, somebody rents it out. There's all these people in, in this, in the chain. Right. But if you eliminated all those people and you just said, look, we're, we're going to build out this city. The people who live in the city will own the city and they, and they will be the ones that will make decisions on how things are done in that city. There's opportunities there that, that I wish I could share more of, but I can't yet. Everything we do really puts a bullseye on us because this technology doesn't, attack one particular entity or one particular ecosystem. Blockchains, the technology of blockchain will affect every ecosystem, every company out there. And, and so how we do things really needs, we need to make sure we do it correctly. That, that's all. Um, so, I, I mean, I want to get to something that seems central to the, um, to the, to the, the smart city, which is stable coin. Um, and, um, you know, that, that, that's a big part of this sort of the, the pitch that governor Sisolak made was the fiscal component of this, a transaction fee on stable coin, um, that could potentially benefit the state's, um, you know, fiscal situation. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you could maybe, um, talk a little bit more about stablecoin and, and why a company would locate to the smart city, use a stablecoin with a transaction fee versus a dollar. Um, yeah, because the companies spend exorbitant amounts of money keeping tabs of, on dollars and, and, and uh, going to the bank and paying, you know, writing checks and paying bills. And a lot of that can be done automatically programmed. It's programmable money. So you could program it to do whatever is needed to be done. And that's going to create significant, significant cost savings. Uh, many of which we don't even know yet because you fix one thing and it affects 10 other things. So uh, we already have a list of companies that have indicated they they're interested in either relocating here. They, you know, they want to create a company here. They want to invest in a company here. So I, I think we'll see a, a lot of interest. What kind of companies? Mostly tech companies, like companies that have ideas on, on how to use their current uh, business model and, and add blockchain you know, technology to it, the, the construction industry, things like that have, have contacted us as well. Mm-hmm. So would, would stablecoin be a requirement in the smart city? Can, can you talk a little bit more about how the currency would develop yeah. and operate? So, so the beauty of, of, of cryptocurrency is that nobody is controlling it. But, but the, the problem with cryptocurrency is nobody's going to accept Bitcoin, Ether, or any cryptocurrency as payment when it can change its value against your fiat concert, you know, uh, currency 10% an hour. Uh, it's just, it's not, you cannot use it. Maybe 20 years from now you can. But so the idea of stablecoin is uh, you have 
a coin that is pegged to the dollar. The, the problem with stable coin is somebody has to hold the dollars. And, and we've seen with a company called Tether, they didn't hold all the dollars, right? They sold more stable coins and they spent the dollars. And, and then there's other types of stable coins that, huh? The New York attorney yeah. general is prosecuting them, right? Correct. Yes. And, and then you have these, these new kinds of ways of, of maintaining stability, stability using uh, blockchain and formulas, but we don't yet know if that could be broken. So I bought Kirkwood Bank down in, in Las Vegas so that we could create a stable coin where the dollars are actually going to be held in federally insured Federal Reserve accounts and verifiable at any time. The goal is create a digital currency that we could use for things like our energy grid. Because you're talking about microtransactions and they will definitely not work if the value doubles tomorrow versus today. So the, all of those kinds of things are needed to be able to, to, to do you know, payments. I want to make sure I understand. So for every stable coin, there will be $1 in reserve. Is that correct? Correct. So, so then what is my, you know, I have $50 that I can use at any, anywhere I want right now in the United States. What's, what's the advantage for me to say, okay, here are my $50. Now I want 50 stable coins. Uh, well, you would want to use it, obviously, to, to purchase in the digital world because the, having a stable coin lets you have control versus, you know, I have money in my PayPal account or, or they're holding your money. That's all that is. They're acting as your bank where you'd be acting as your own bank if you had, had stable coin. And, and when you think about, we don't think about the costs of, you know, getting cash. You have to go to the ATM to, to get cash or using a credit card. There's a fee being paid. You're paying for that, right? It's one way or another, you're paying for that. Uh, microtransactions on a blockchain are significantly cheaper than either of those things, even with a microtransaction fee as it moves. Even with the transaction fee that you, okay. Yeah, because you're talking about, you're talking about like, you know, uh, a, a cent uh, on every hundred dollars. It's, it's not even going to be noticeable to most people, but it eliminates the normal 3% or the Amazon 15% they tack on between. You wouldn't need those things anymore. I didn't realize until I started doing some research on stable coins that, that this concept has been, you know, pretty investigated uh, or is, is in the process of being investigated by a lot of different governments central, and yep. central banks and central bankers. And I know the G7 has done an investigation um, and, and they've spoken up when, you know, Facebook tried to launch its stable coin and, and they, they require a certain level of regulation. It seems uh, especially when, you know, people are looking to launch these global stable coins I'm wondering if that's something you guys have been thinking about the regulatory and oversight questions. And, and if that's something you're, you know, working on sort of tackling. Yes. And that, and that's why uh, it became necessary to actually purchase the bank because, because banks for every country are trusted for a Y uh, for AML and KYC that that's who governments trust. So having a bank work to issue the, the stable coin will solve a lot of those regulatory issues that, governments have. The difference is that you have somebody who's, uh, who's very, uh, 
you have a company whose goal is to protect your privacy. So how we will use the stable coin will be the bank will know everything it knows as if they were giving you cash. But once you have that stable coin, it's, it's not their business anymore. And that's the difference between us and for instance, a JP Morgan coin or something like that is they want to continue to be able to use the information of giving you that stable coin where we think it's not our business or anybody else's business. I guess just thinking about it and thinking about a JP Morgan or a Visa or, you know, these uh, kind of establish establishment finance companies. Uh, I mean, do you, is there a point at which blockchains or whoever is charging this transaction fee, whoever is kind of monitoring the, the operations, is there a, a point where you become kind of that player, you become like this large concentrated company and and does that you know do you have any you know yes. concerns we, about that undermining a lot of premise of this concept so it's a great question daniel if you were to talk to the people that are, are you know my senior staff they would tell you i stress often we do not want to become what we hate right we we don't want to become that large entity so everything that we're doing or we're giving you tools but you have absolute control on everything. We are designing a system where we are just a player who provides service to you if you want us to, but we don't get any additional benefit. Your, your self-sovereign identity is yours. You could, you could, you could take it and go do whatever you want. There's going to be developers all over the world that are going to be using the self-sovereign identity as a means to create uh, dApps and things for you to use. So yes, it is a concern. I, I don't want to build Skynet either. I, I have lots of, of fears about, about what, what could come. But you know, I said this the other day. I think we all know things aren't going the right way. We're, you know, climate destruction, politics, whatever it is, we all, it doesn't matter if you're on the right or left, we all sense things are not going good. It's, and I said, it's like, we're on this bus together and we all know we're headed in the wrong direction, but we're on the bus together. And, and we need a place to think up new ideas. We need a place to create new ways of doing things to try to maybe change that paradigm. And I don't, I don't want to create a situation where we substitute us or anybody else that the beauty of blockchain is if you control your self-sovereign identity, then you truly have control over everything that that encompasses. And, and that's the future. I mean, esports, everything, building a reputation will allow you to engage in business and commerce in ways we have not thought of yet. And this can be the epicenter of all of that. I mean, I, I agree that there are a lot of issues. Uh, unfortunately, I am writing about some, a lot of them. I, I wish I, I wish that, you know, there are, there are a lot of positive, great things going on, but uh, you know, it's, there are, there are a lot of big systemic issues in the world right now. Um, but, you know, I, I guess for it, sort of an everyday person thinking about this, I mean, how much of it can, you know, you know, I, I think, you know, how much of a concern do you see this issue being, you know, I mean, it would be great to have more control and more privacy and, and more identity, but, but in some sense, that sounds like it comes with more cost uh, potentially. Um, and I mean, I guess I'm just curious, you know, you know, 
if, if you could maybe, maybe talk about how, how, how much, you know, who is this going to be available to? It seems like there are some access issues. You know, you have to have a phone or the, the internet, you have to have, you know, good, you know, computers and technology. It seems like this, this might not be, you know, for everyone. Is this, is this sort of just something that tech people can afford and is going to be for, for people who, you know, have the means to, to, you know, afford this technology and, and, and be able to buy into it and have extra cash around to convert to stable coins. Yeah. So I don't, uh, the thing is, I don't think that it, I agree with the premise that it's costly to, to, to engage in the system uh, as a, as a participant, it's death. I don't see it as costly. For instance, you know, we're trying to create the ability for you to, to, to get your net ID to, to create your self-sovereign identity in such a way so that it's free for you. Um, yes, you do have to have access to the internet. Unfortunately, we're talking about, you know, a digitized world. So you have to be able to enter that, that digital world. But the goal is to create things here, test them here, and then let them roll out all over the world. That, that would be how it would spread. But initially the people who, who we're targeting are people who just want control over their digital footprint, want control over their medical records, want control over, don't want to have to go ask for permission to take money out of your bank uh, on, a, on a Saturday. You, you have to wait, want to be able to send a payment. It's for people who have said, I don't like the fact that we are now virtually, we have zero privacy and, and I want to change that. The only way to change that is not to legislate it, it's going to be to cut off the information that is going to the big companies by creating a different set of identities and a different set of rules. That is the only way to stop the current paradigm. This sounds, you know, to me, it, it, I mean, it's, it definitely sounds bigger than just the community that you plan to build um, in Story County, right? It sounds bigger than Nevada. It sounds like this is something that you probably want to go national or international. What, do you have plans for that at this moment or are you kind of just focused on the Story County development at the moment? Yeah, so I, my brain works uh, only a certain way, right? So I, I'm just charging ahead with what I need to charge ahead with right now. Once we, once we figure out what we're doing here and start to do it here, we'll look towards how do you take these concepts and expand them. And we, we have, we have interested uh, countries who've reached out to us now and cities that have reached out to us about potentially doing sister projects. And that would logically be the, the next move. Once we figured it out here it would be a sister project, hopefully with the Republic of Korea or, 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 you know, some, some entity or country. So Korea has reached out to you or what other countries have uh, reached out to you? Well, well I, I'd rather not say, but we, you know, we've had discussions with, with countries. <laughs> Can you, I mean, well, we got to ask again, but what countries? Um, I'd rather not say yet. And so we, we have had some conversations with the Republic of Korea about and potentially, it, do, that's the only one I'm prepared this, to talk about. Is the state that you're doing that? I mean, is this with the governor's office that you're, you're reaching out to these entities or? Uh, no, not yet. Once it moves, you know, we first have to see, you know, a lot of these, these offers are, Hey, if they don't want to let you do it there, we'll let you do it here. Um, so, so those are kind of like, okay, those are not the, the ones we're talking about. Uh, the ones we're talking about are the ones like, Hey, what you're doing there, 
we are interested in looking at doing it here. How, how can we start to work together on a project? That, that's the calls we're at. Once it moves to the next level, I would think we would engage with GoEd just so the state has some involvement. Are there, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, you said entities and government or and countries. Are there any entities you can talk about that are interested in this or, or no as well? Um, there, I can't, I, so the problem is we have NDAs with, 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 with some companies that are talking to us about coming out here. And so I can't really disclose, but we have, we have interest from some very large multinational companies that have indicated they're interested in projects out here and, and doing some of the stuff we're talking about doing. Uh, but I don't want to jump the gun and, 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 and say anything without, you know, their permission. Okay. Um, one thing that I wanted to move to, too, um, this is just something I noticed in, in the video that you guys have on your YouTube channel that shows all of the, it's a very, very fancy animated video, um, talking about, you know, the, the plans for the, for the development. Um, one thing that one line in the video kind of stuck out, stuck out to me, which was human values for all humans above all else. What, what does that mean? (laughs) So if if you look behind me, it says, uh, empower everyone. Mm -hmm. I can't see it though. I reimagine everything, empower empower everyone, right? Um, So that's, that is our DNA. That is how we approach everything. Uh, I believe that, that the individual has lost uh, the focus of everything. Uh, The government, society, we, we need to refocus on, on giving us back the power. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, an identity centric where you control things so, so if I, if I want to uh, sell you a product or, 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 or give you an ad, I, I shouldn't be paying somebody else to give it to you. I should pay you to look at the ad or I should give you the product to test it out for free. But they can't do that right now because so many people would, would you know, get more than one product. All of these things could be changed using an identity system that you control, uh, the self-sovereign identity. So that's really what we're talking about. Those are, those are the human. Are, are you worried about any of the unintended consequences of, of that, though? I mean, there there are, you know, I, I, I hate to sound cynical about human humanity, but there are there are people who are, you know, yes. there there are people who, you know, are, you know, are violent or want to, you know, Overthrow the government. Own, yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, like, are you, are you concerned, I mean, about giving everybody, you know, their own sort of sovereign uh, sort of, I don't know, umbrella or their own sort of sovereign space to, to, to do things. I mean, are, are you concerned about the unintended consequences of that? I, I, I'm very concerned about unintended consequences, but the technology is out there and it's going to be developed and, and these are going to be theories, AI, uh, you know, like uh, deep fakes, things like that. Right. And so until we can verify our own identity, then that stuff's going to exist. But but what's the alternative? Right. Daniel is is we put our trust in government. Well, how's that worked out for us? We put our trust in these giant corporations. How has that worked out for us? Well, I, so I'd rather put well, my I, trust. I, in- I'm gonna, I, OK, so I I, you know, I write. Okay. I write about government. I write about uh, accountability stories about 
government officials. But I have to say, there is a reason that governments are risk averse often. There is a reason that government is slow to act sometimes. And a lot of that has to do with protecting public safety and health. A lot of that has to do with regulations, many regulations put in place after there are, you know, company towns in the, 19, in the late 1900s, early 20th century. I mean, sorry, late 1800s, early 20th century. So th- there's a, you know, are you worried about sacrificing the uh, sort of the, the public safety, health, welfare roles of government in this setup? Uh, am I worried about it? Uh, no, because I know what's in our DNA and I know what we're trying to set up. Do I worry about it in general? Do I worry about the potential of it? A- absolutely. But, but I don't really believe that, that democracy is working right now. So I think that, to, that this technology may enable democracy to work in a way that, that whether they're elected representatives or civil servants, they respond to the people who pay their salaries instead of the people who get them reelected. And, and so I think the upside of trying things like this is greater than the downside. And oh, by the way, most of those laws that you're talking about regarding public safety, come from the state, not the county. And the state, still all of those same laws would apply to, to what we're developing or whatever innovation zone is developed. It, counties aren't the ones that usually enforce environmental regulations or anything like that. It's a state. And so, so yes, I worry, but I also know what we're trying to create may, may fix some of the very problems you just alluded to. Right. I just, when, when you mentioned trust in government, you know, and, you know, governments not wanting to take risk. I just, you know, I, I do talk to a lot of people who are, you know, really dedicated um, public servants. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. You. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Bad. Yeah. The, <laughs> sorry. They have to be um, risk adverse. It's the and, nature. Of yeah. And, uh, and, you know, they're, they, that, that, you know, I think that, people don't always think about the amount of services counties provide. And um, so, but, but I do want to ask, you know, you mentioned environmental regulations, you know, I cover environmental issues yeah. mainly. And so I want to ask a few questions about that. Um, we reported a couple of weeks ago on the purchase of water rights that, that you acquired in Northern Washoe County, about a hundred miles from, from your uh, 75 to hundred miles from your land. Yes. Uh, in the Empire Gerlach area. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering in, in that story, I talked to a lawyer for the Pyramid Lake Paiute tribe um, who said that the, tri- the tribe in the past has opposed uh, applications to transfer some of that water to the area where your development would be. Have you consulted with the tribe or reached out with the tribe to, to talk about some of those concerns? Uh, not, not yet. We've, we've, I think it became public today. You know, we did, we did retain Jason King, who's a former state engineer to, to head up our water uh, projects. Um, we have not engaged with stakeholders yet because it's, it's still a little bit premature for us to engage with stakeholders. What, what I need to do is, is we need to approach this together right so so i know it may sound a little bit kumbaya but but if i could just take you back one step look at how we approach the horses the horses are very similar in our mind to 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 water or the environment 
they're a natural resource on our land. We got together, you know, with the, ex the experts at America Wild Horse Campaign and developed a plan to, to care for the horses. For energy, we're talking to NV Energy about a carbon neutral energy grid that where they're just a single player. They, they don't control anything. They, they play and they are equal to you. You sell your energy for the same price they sell it. Water will be the same way for us when, once Jason's in. Because I, I want to push back on that because because wild horse activists, I mean, these are all groups that I write about and talk to and the energy, but the tribe what? is a sovereign nation. Yes. I mean, are, are you comparing the challenges around water and negotiating water to, to wild horses and energy? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I am like in this. I am in this way. I'm, I am in the way that how we approach things is we're not interested in ramming things down the throats of stakeholders. We're interested in trying to get together with those stakeholders and find the way to accomplish this the most sound way we can do it. Right. If, if, if there is a, you know, an entity or, you know, if, if there's a sovereign nation, if the tribe says, look, there is no way under any circumstances that we would ever approve or allow development or water for that development. If the answer is the door is closed, there's nothing we can do. But if the answer is, look, we all have issues with water. Let's look at the ways in which maybe we can all work together to not just solve our issue, but to solve your issue and your issue and try to find that win-win. That, that's my approach with everything. That's, that's what I hope to do here. And it may be naive and maybe pie in the sky, but, but in the end, the, what we're trying to do will benefit all of Northern Nevada. It will benefit the tribe as well. Well, you know, un unfortunately, you know, and I, I remember I interviewed someone from the Southern Nevada water authority who's, who said this, you know, I think a lot of people wish that water can be a win-win game all the time and that everybody, but that, but that is often not how water works in the history of the West. And, you know, whiskey's for chicken waters are fighting over, right? <laughs> are you, yeah. Are you concerned about the environmental and economic consequences to these rural areas of importing water, uh, pumping water and piping water to, to the blockchains, uh, Pro proposed blockchains development? Uh, yes, I am concerned. And yes, uh, we're not going to do something that is going to, to, to hurt the rural counties. We're looking to do something where, uh, without giving too much away, we think we might have a win-win situation. We think we might have a new way of looking at water usage and water filtration and effluent water and all those kinds of things. And, and so, the fact that many have not been successful, listen, I didn't get where I am today because people, because, because someone else, you know, was successful at it. You got to keep pushing and I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep trying. And the fact that, that people haven't been successful doing it before doesn't mean we won't be, it doesn't mean that we can't present a project that says, look, overall, how can we accomplish our goals in the best way for everybody? And, and, and I, I believe we can, and I'm going to keep pushing for a solution that does that um, as naive as it sounds. Um, uh, well, you know, there's, there's a question of getting water to, to the area. And I, um, 
the Lee Weiss uh, executive with your company said that you're also looking for water in Humboldt County. Is that accurate? Uh, I, I am not sure where we're looking for water. I believe we, uh, we are currently investigating water in six different places in six uh, and, trying to, and, and trying to figure out a way of perhaps uh, using different resources so that different stakeholders don't lose things. I, I, I know I'm speaking in generalities. I, I can just tell you that we know that water is an issue in all Western states. We, we know it's a serious issue. These are stakeholders have very serious, legitimate concerns. And, and the hope would be that we can get together and figure out a way that takes into account all of those concerns. I, I, we're not I there yet. I have to ask a follow-up. You said six different places. Are, are those places within the Truckee River watershed or are they outside of the Truckee River? It's, it's, some are and some are not. Um, are, are they in multiple counties or in one county? Multiple counties. Um, you know, and there's, the there's issues with water. You, you know, this, you report on it. A lot of these rural counties have their own water issues, not dealing with effluent, dealing with whatever it is. And so water maybe needs to be looked at, not just about who's going to take water where, but what happens to water as a resource from start to finish. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was my next question, which is the, the Truckee river is heavily regulated. Um, you know, because of the the work that the pyramid, in large part due to the work that the Pyramid Lake Tribe has done over the last few decades to correct sort of the environmental, not sort of, the environmental injustice of diverting water away from Pyramid Lake. Um, because it's heavily regulated, there are a lot of rules over, um, there's, a, there's a lot of rules over discharge especially when it comes to effluent. So, you know, I, I have to ask, what do you plan to do on the wastewater sewage treatment side? So, you know, again, we're, we're dealing, we're talking to uh, innovative technologies. We're, we're looking at a graphene company uh, that uses graphene fil for filtration that has, has great success for effluent water. We're looking at ways in which to maybe put effluent back into the ground. And we're, we're looking at uh, many different things and, and I, you know, honestly, I grew up in California. I moved here four years ago. California, all I knew from water was you pay the, 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 the DWP. So, so this has been a harsh learning experience for me. And we've, we've now hired, uh, I think, the best person we could uh, to, to, to try to figure all this out. But going forward, I want everybody out there to know that, that we, you know, we think stakeholders' concerns are legitimate. We're not a company you, doesn't take into account in, in the environment. It's, it's in our DNA. It's, it's, it's who we are. We, we want to care. We want to be good stewards. So all of the stakeholders will be involved and included in, in our plan and trying to figure this out for the region, not just for Innovation Park. I want to ask about another aspect of the environment here, which is that, you know, crypt, block, blockchain's technology requires a lot of power. Um, not really. Well, okay, so... You're, you're, you're talking about, well, can I, can I just answer you? You want to say Absolutely. all this? Yeah. yeah. You so you're talking about, for instance, um, uh, proof of work blockchains like Bitcoin. Uh, it's almost like an arms race, right? So the way, the way proof of work works is computers have to solve an equation. So you keep adding more computers. So they keep adding more computers and you're using up so much energy. Uh, but we're, we're looking at proof of stake blockchains, which don't require 
you you can run it on a Raspberry Pi. You can be a, a, a node on a using a Raspberry Pi or your stable, phone. Stable coin won't require any of those mathematical equations. No, it it will be a, a proof of stake or a a um, uh, a permissioned chain to verify payments. We're not sure yet, uh, but it will not be a proof of work requiring massive amounts of energy to be used to maintain the network. In any case, you know, you, you have talked about energy and renewable energy uh, having some sort of grid. How, how do you see that working in the confines of our current system with NV Energy? So, um, you know, I, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I thought uh, I was going to we were blockchains was going to have a, a huge battle with NV Energy because the concept of a monopoly is is antithetical to, to, to everything we stand for. It, it, we we do not believe in centralization, and so when we approached NV Energy, it was it was much like we approached some of the gaming companies, saying, "This is the future. You change or you die." And Doug Cannon was the first one there to say, okay, let's sit down and figure this out. And so the concept of what we're looking at is, is, a, is a carbon neutral energy grid where everybody is a player, where every entity in Innovation Park, every store, every home is creating energy, storing energy, trading energy, using smart devices, uh, buying energy. Uh, so the whole concept of the grid is sustained by all the participants in the grid. And we'll be releasing a video on that uh, soon that explains how it would work, but energy shouldn't be about the power of one company. Energy needs to be about the power of distributing it to everybody. And, and that's, that's the concept uh, of our energy grid. And when you use blockchain as the basis of things, you, you have record keeping, you have transactions, you, you have immutable ledgers, you have everything you need uh, to be able to handle a lot of the ministerial parts of, of, of energy distribution and creation. So I, I guess this, you know, gets back to a question that we started with in the beginning, which is, you know, given, given kind of blockchain's business model right now, who pays, who's paying for all of this? Who's going to pay for all this infrastructure, these new energy lines? Is that going to be passed down to the consumer? Um, you know, and the same goes with water. It's so, it is very expensive to import water. You have, not only do you have the cost of the infrastructure, but you also have ongoing operations and maintenance costs for the yeah. electricity. Um, and, and you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, prices really? of water that's are, that are in the, you know, very expensive water, you know, is blockchain going to foot the bill for all this and subsidize this as just sort of an economic development opportunity or i mean who is going to pay are, are you willing to make this upfront cost or sort of well we have right we've already spent over a quarter of a billion dollars on land and water right, right. presumably as a company you're going to want that money back so how are you going to you know well yeah so eventually like i said we'll figure out how we're going to monetize certain things uh um like your identity if, if you're going to be using uh, our vaults to store your information. Will there be a fee for that? We'll, we'll, we'll figure all of those, those parts of it out as we go. We don't, we don't know yet, but when we build out the park, you're talking about over $10 billion. Uh, that is certainly not something blockchain will do. We will raise private money to build it out, but there won't be public money. 
have you uh, have you spoken to inve- investors or are you you know where where is that process? So so look, we've. <laughs> Yes, we've had uh, we've had investors who have contacted us since we made the announcement, you know, in 2018. Um, We're not we're not ready yet because because trying to figure out the best way to do things is still uh, open. Right. All of our land is an opportunity zone. So that offers some very unique uh, uh, abilities to raise money. We have the state infrastructure bank, which is being spun up, which, uh, which allows for pension money and, and private investment that way. We, we have the tokenization of building, uh, which is specific to the blockchain industry that we're looking at. So I don't know yet how we're going to raise the money. Uh, I, I haven't got that far. You know, I, I just, I have to ask, cause you use the phrase monetize your identity or monetize. I mean, charging people to use your service, isn't that like, what's the difference between that and what you're kind of pushing back against? Right, because you have control. So the difference is right now, for instance, if, if your identity, if you wanted to take your identity away from your bank, they have all of your information. They have, they have your identity. That's, they own everything related. You would own that. What I'm specifically talking about is, when you own your identity, the beauty of blockchain is you have 100% of the power and control. The scary thing about blockchain is you have 100% of the power and control, right? So in the future, when deeds are digitized, that it cannot be that if you lose your private key, if you lose the, the, the signing key for your blockchain identity, uh, that you wouldn't be able to transfer the deed to your house, right? We, we would never be able to exist in a society like that. So we need to build in consumer protections. I'm a consumer protection lawyer. I want those protections to benefit you, not the company. We will be offering those services and monetize those. For instance, we have vaults in Switzerland. We have, we're building a vault here. We have a, you know, vaults in different states. Those vaults will hold portions of your key so that if you ever do have an emergency, you have a recovery. Things like that are what we're talking about monetizing. So if you value the service, you pay the fee. And, and, and that's really, I, that's how things should be. But unfortunately, there's, there's too many entities who extract fees where you don't have any value that you're getting out of that service. And, and that's what needs to change. Well, well there, I mean, but, but some people can't, some people might not be able to afford the fee. I mean, are you concerned about that? The, the, um, the, the, the barrier of entry of buying in to this? No, because, because you're talking about, you're talking about minimal fees. You're, you're, you know, I, I, not that we have a structure, but, but if, if for every hundred dollars in stable coin, you, you know, you lost or, or it cost you 12 cents, let's just say over this course of spending a hundred dollars, that's the kind of fee we're talking about. It's, it's less than if you were to charge that same hundred dollars on a credit card, uh, so the fees are minimal, but, but the reason why you can do that is because the infrastructure that's, man, that's, that's processing the, the fees is blockchain as opposed to different entities and corporations in the stream of commerce. So, so the, the consumer is paying for the opportunity for privacy and for control over their data. The consumer is, is paying for services that will allow them to expand whatever level of privacy they want. Right. So, so you could, you could take, for instance, you could take our, our solution and have a hundred percent privacy, even from us, 
uh, and, and do whatever you want. Or you could say, Hey, we want to, I want to have some recovery keys or I want all these kinds of safety mechanisms and I'm willing to pay this fee if I use them. Okay. So I was looking at the products that there are on your website right now. And I, I don't know if they're fully fleshed out. I don't think they're offered right now. I, I can't purchase these, these, uh, these services no. from you at the moment, but, but some of them you talked about, you know, you've got like this universal login with, with, with privacy kind of in mind, you've got digital wallets and key management. You have your um, IN3 or InCubed tool. Um, these are all things that I feel like when, you, when you're talking about them on your website, it's, 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 it's relying on governments and private entities to adopt your technology, right? Because someone like, otherwise it's just happening within your own system. And then you're just a singular entity that's not, you know, expanding bigger than what, it, what you've talked about. How do you Correct. expect other other organizations whether that's a government whether that's a private company whether that's you know uh anything how do you expect them to adopt your your technology so that's a, that's a great question joey because because that's why i believe bitcoin and blockchain hasn't really ever developed beyond uh you know something that's used for speculation or investment that uh, because it's so piecemeal because you can create a DAP, but only a thousand people are going to use it. Or this one company is going to put this solution in place, but who's it really going to affect? The goal here is to create a place where companies that are coming are using these solutions and you are showing a place where you live, work and play where these solutions actually are being used and are, showing that people have control, showing what the benefits are of all of those kinds of things. And that's the only way I believe that, that this kind of an anti-tech technology will ever gain market share is to put a place where everyone can see it working. Because otherwise they'll buy companies, they'll shut down the information it's no different than the banks were closing people's accounts who were dealing with cryptocurrency. It, it, it's anti-competitive behavior. So, I, I mean, <laughs> Facebook is free, right? I can just make a Facebook account. And the way they're making money is through advertising and, and, and stuff like that, but also through monetizing my data. Why would they ever want to work with someone who is basically blocking them from monetizing my data? They, they wouldn't. And, so, and, so, we, and that's so it. adopting and, and that's your technology the would... Of... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say adopting your technology would, would, would basically interrupt them from participating in, in, in your, in your system. Or, or yes, it would, it would. And that's probably, you know, the, the, the biggest point of failure of what we're trying to do is that you have giant corporations who stand to, to lose everything. I mean, you think about the company Amazon, right? Uh, if, if buyers and sellers could develop uh, reputations that could be relied upon directly and an identity directly, what do you need Amazon for? Uh, the, there will be people who will fill the, 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 the part of distribution and all of that. There'll be other. So, so a lot banking, why would you need your bank? If you could, if you had, if you were your own bank, all of those things are things that are, that are on the horizon for us that they won't come willingly, but that's not who our target is. Right? So blockchains has never been about trying to create uh, 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 an enterprise version of something for corporations, blockchains is about using blockchain technology for the individual. And, and that's who our target is. And if we create a smart city where people really enjoy live, working and playing, where companies really enjoy being part of that, 
that's the only way that we're going to gain market share. That's the only way. I, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I argue to, to the defense of government, but, you know, and I, I am obviously not uh, about to defend health insurance companies or banks. I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of problems with the systems that operate health insurance and banks in this country. However, both things are premised on the, the fact that you need a pool. You need a, you need people coming together to subsidize costs essentially to, 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 um, you know, to provide insurance or to provide financing, you need a large enough pool. I mean, if everybody is often these silos, uh, these sort of individual silos, they're their own bank They're you know, I mean, how do you provide services that a society and the general public needs? Because because this technology will attack all of those things, right? You're your own bank, but there's all of these products and that are going to be out there, like like distributed finance, where if I have a thousand dollars, I can put a dollar in a thousand different loans, and I can receive my microtransaction payments every month, or or you know things like that. That that's that's insurance, right? Think, just think about the insurance. Most of the insurance industry will admit that they, there's no way they could cover every claim. If, if, if there was a tragedy that they will tell you that the insurance industry is bloated, that there are going to be ways of insuring things where people are, they're the ones doing the investment. You're eliminating the people who are in the middle and, and saying, yeah, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to put my money into this product. The goal is to let companies, let people who are selling services bid for your business as opposed to controlling it because they have your identity. If I, if I want to sell you insurance, I should really have to show you how this insurance is going to compare to 15 other different kinds of ways of doing this. And, and that would be the goal, but they are not going to come, you know, quietly into the night. This is, this is a battle. It's, this is a war. Either, either we seize control of our identities before everything is lost or it will be too late and everything about us will be monetized by somebody else. When, when you're talking about monetizing, I, I know in the past you've talked about monetizing your own data, right? So yes. if I wanted to, say, sell my data to a marketing company, that could then advertise to with targeted advertising, right? The, is this something that you plan on like creating? I think on your website, you talked about creating basically like a, a personal ID that's digital, right? We have our government issued ID when we're born and now right. you've got digital world that we exist in kind of outside of the government and, and, and you want to create this digital ID. Is this something that you see people also using and, and, and using as a way to, to, I, I, I sell themselves sounds weird to me. But that's kind of like how I see it, you know, sell who you are. Yeah. So, so, you know, you talk about AI, you talk about uh, the, the future job losses that are, that are going to occur with technology taking the place of, of humans. And then you think about the, the, the thing that we have to sell is our time and it, our information about us, right? That those are, those are our two assets we all have is, is what are we going to spend our time on? Are we going to work? Is it going to be something we get paid for? Is it going to be something we do for pleasure? 
So that's a decision we have control over and the information related to our identity. So in the future, I believe that your assets of which your digital identity is one are going to be ways that you will generate uh, revenue streams. If, if a medical company wants to test against your medical records, they should bid for them. And it, they should be, they should not know your identity, but they should have to pay you, not the company that set this, the thing up. All of those kinds of things are things that will provide revenue streams, your smart products, your, your car should be out driving for you and earning you money while you're sitting in your house, right? It's an asset and this technology would allow for that. So yes, it's about monetizing everything that you can digitally. So you have a revenue stream instead of all these other entities that own your ID doing it. So you're, you're offering this service and I think you, you hope that people adopt it, right? Do you expect and hope, I, I would assume, because I, again, you, you talked about how you don't want to be this centralized thing. You don't want to be the singular entity. Um, do you hope that other companies kind of adopt similar technologies and similar uh, opportunities for people to create a, a, a digital ID card? Yeah, so I hope that what we do is we give people the means to create a self-sovereign identity on a public blockchain that exists around the world and that developers all over will create products that then allow that identity to let you do things uh, that, that in, in the world. But, but, that, but what, if, what if another company wants to create that that's not you guys? Would you like encourage that, I guess? What if yeah. Well, the, the identity doesn't belong to us. So the identity would belong to you if you didn't want to use it or, or they wanted you to use something else. Well, you would have to use your technology to make that. Well, 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 I wouldn't say hmm. the the self-sovereign identity isn't really our technology. It's giving you, it's giving you an identity on a public blockchain. It's, okay. it's basically saying, listen, we're going to help you do this. So you have an identity. And once you have an identity, we have all of these things that we think will empower you. You can choose to use them or not, or you can take your identity and go to whatever. We're hoping there'll be developers all over the world, build really cool stuff based on it. But it, it's not something we would control. It's, it exists on the public blockchain that you control. Okay. We're just I, teaching you how. I guess I, I just, you know, I, I'm wondering on a pra very practical level, you know, how much people have this self-sovereign identity that blockchains is helping them create, but how much, you know, what if I, I want to be, you know, a nurse or a doctor and just go to work and, and I want to be, you know, I, I'm, I, I like doing my job and going to my job. I don't necessarily need to monetize my car. And I mean, it'd be great if my car could make money for me, but you know, I, I guess how much time is all this going to take for people, for people who, you know, yeah, it's, I, mean, I mean, it seems like it'd be great for, for a certain type of person, but how is this going to work for everybody? I think it's a, it, you know, it's a 50 to a 75 year process. I don't, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think everyone's going to jump into it. I think it's going to be a slow process, but like you take the healthcare industry, the goal would be, you know, we're, we're likely going to, to do a pilot project with renown showing how you controlling your own identity would allow for all the different verticals of healthcare to run more efficiently and allow you to be in control. If you, if that's not something you're interested in doing, you wouldn't opt to yeah, do how, it. How, what do you mean by in control? 
I mean, it seems like Renown, if Renown's doing this project with you, it seems like Renown still is going to be in control. I mean, right. what, do you, what do you mean by that? Right. So what I mean is that right now, Renown knows what information it knows, but, but, but we need to create an identity that, that you have with Renown. So it only knows the information related to that identity. Your identity with a different entity or a different doctor would be separate from that. So they only know that information. Yet you control both pieces of information. It's about, it's about flipping the paradigm from who, who owns the information. Who owns your medical information? Should it be the healthcare provider? Should it be your doctor? Or should it be you? You paid for it. Right. I, so, right. But, but I, I, yeah, I, I just guess, like, I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, I, I, I guess I just still have questions just about how that, you know, works on a day-to-day level and, you know, why I, 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 maybe it's a good question for renown why they're, they're doing that. Um, and but think, of the, th- think of the efficiencies of, of a company like renown. It, it, it has health insurance. It has hospital it has prenatal. It has, um, elder care. It has all these different verticals, uh, that involved in the healthcare system. And each one of those is a separate siloed entity. So, so they don't really talk to each other, but, but if you controlled the identity you had with each one, you could make sure that you talk to all of them. You could make sure that those that you wanted talking to each other were talking to each other. It, it, it just really, and I, I get it. It's a hard thing to understand. And it's very vague because there's a lot that hasn't been figured out yet, but, but if you control your identity and the information related to it, it changes who has the power. And, and once you have the power, it means you could choose to do things like monetize your car or not, or, or you could choose to use your digital identity to keep money in stable coin or not. But, but again, it's your choice, not your bank saying, we're not going to let you buy stable coin or we're not going to let you buy cryptocurrency or you can't invest in these kinds of insurance products, but because, because we don't think they're good for you. It, it's about control, about taking back our power. That's all. So this this technology is still developing, as you said, and, and you don't. So I guess maybe for us, it's we we want like a physical understanding of what we would do. Like I would get on my computer and log on, and there would be this <laughs> this this ID card for me. And so uh, this technology, it's not maybe it's not necessarily not there yet, but it's it's still being developed, and that's why we don't have like a, a solid answer. Is that right? Is that so correct? You're- yeah, I would, I would even go a step further and say, I don't think blockchain, now not blockchain's the company, the technology we're doing, but blockchain as a technology is, is there yet. I, I think we're still two to three years away from having a stable platform that can handle the transactions and still maintain privacy. So all, you know, we're working in all these different parallel tracks right now. So how are you going to market this to people once it is available is there a way to do that and also i mean honestly i'm curious about marketing you know as a whole with you guys whether that's with these technologies and also with with um the development 
So I, we have a marketing team that's working, working on a marketing plan, but uh, you know, I don't focus too much on that because we're not there yet. We need to, we need to get the legislation passed to see if we're going to be able to build a smart city. Uh, and that's really all I'm focusing on is, is trying to answer the legislators uh, questions and make sure that, that I'm out there explaining what we're trying to accomplish. This is not, big tech trying to take over the world. This is not, uh, you know, a separatist who, who wants to destroy the government. This is me saying there is a technology out there that would allow for us to shift the paradigm and empower the individual. And I want to try to create that here. That's what this is. So, um, you know, I know that that you. Uh, I think my colleague Riley uh, reported this morning that you purchased ad time in uh, Las Vegas. Um, you know, there's there's obviously a full court press going on. You mentioned uh, some of the economic a- a- analysts yeah. that you hired. Um, you you know you've hired some of the top lobbyists in the state. Um, you know, from a legislator's perspective, th- this is a big ask. Um, you know, and I've heard it compared to things like Disney World and things like that, but but at that point Disney was a was a very established company with um, you know Disneyland, yeah, Disney World, Disney World. No, what I'm saying is that that when when Walt Disney wanted to build Disney World, he already had yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland, you know? I believe it was a publicly traded company at that point. Yes. So there's a lot of transparency about how the company works. And I guess from a legislator's perspective, you know, why, why should they, you know, put their trust in blockchains, which is a, a new startup tech company, um, you know, how, how do you convince them that you have the credibility to follow through on what, what is a big physical development project? I, I, I think I would say it this way. I, I don't really think the ask is that great. Uh, I'm not, uh, we're, yeah. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because, because all we're saying is give us, give us a chance to, to, to prove this out. We're not asking for any money. We're trying to absorb all the risks. We're trying to prevent, I get the ask meaning we're trying to pull out of story County's local governance and having a state oversee us, which we're transparent. It's not the state overseeing you. It's a political subdivision that the state is giving sovereign powers to. So it's not, I mean, there is state oversight, but it's not the state. I mean, it's not the state overseeing. It, it doesn't give, it doesn't give over, it doesn't give um, self-sovereignty to us until we meet certain thresholds, right? And, and, and it's but no different. Than, I mean, it, eventually, like, eventually let's be clear about the whole ask. ask. Eventually, it's going to be a democratically elected community. I mean, uh, representatives, it's, it's going to run no different than any other county in, in the state. But right now, there isn't any voters. There isn't anybody to, to say, what do you think over, over the land that we're talking about doing? So, I, okay, yes, it is an ask that way. I think more, though, this is not an ask where I'm saying, uh, state, take a risk financially, state, you know, do something that potentially can harm you. What I'm trying to say is let me create a bubble where we can, we can test this out. We'll bear all the responsibility. We'll, we'll pay all the money. And if it works, look at the potential. If it fails, who did it, who did it cost? It's not like we have incentives or abatements. It's not like we're avoiding. If it fails and people have their money in a stable coin, what, what happens to them? 
Well, the stable coin has nothing to do with the smart city, but it, but, but the stable coin, the, the, it's in a federally insured bank, the money. So the stable, okay. it has nothing to do with that. It's just a tool that would be used in the, in the smart city, but it would be like a development that failed that, that, you know, that would be what it would be like. But if that happened, it's all of our money. It's, we haven't, we haven't taken anything. And so look, I guess really, Daniel, this, this would be how I, I would end and, and say this. We're not trying to hide anything. We're not, we're not trying to do anything that we're trying to be very transparent. We're basically saying, look, we, we can't build this under the confines of local government. This is, this is the result. If we're successful, these are the risks. If we're not successful, decide if you want to take that chance. And it is a chance, but Nevada is known for taking chances. When you tell us we can't do something, we do it. So there is no better state that I can think of to try something like this out. And, and, and I hope that the legislators will, will give us that chance. I'd be honored if they do, but if they don't, I love my state anyway. All right. Well, um, I think that covers everything I wanted to ask Joey. Do you have any other questions? I, no, I think, I think that's everything. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is interesting to, to see like, you know, if this doesn't pass, do you have plans? So, yeah, uh, if it doesn't pass, you know, I think we'll, at that point we'll evaluate, is this something we want to just let the land sit for a while and try again uh, in two or four or six or eight years? Or, you know, the land's worth over a billion dollars right now. We could sell the land and do the project somewhere else. Uh, that's something we would have to investigate as a company. Blockchains still would be headquarters here, headquartered here, and we'd still continue to build out products uh, like we're talking about. We just wouldn't be building Innovation Park. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think that covers everything. Anything else that uh, you wanted to get to that we didn't ask? I think that's it. Uh, thank you so much for being more than generous with your time. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys very much. And I do love both of your works. I do read it. I love, I love the NVND. So uh, I told John this morning, I texted him, I said, make sure they ask me whatever questions they want to ask. So did you guys hold back on anything because I'm a contributor? Or? No, absolutely not. And okay. uh, you know, I made sure to make that clear in the beginning. Um, and uh, if we have more questions, I'm sure we'll be following up. I'd love to do that. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for your time.